Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin Lehul hamdül hasen Ve senâul cemil Ve eşhedü en la ilahe illallah Vahdehu la şerike leh Yekulul hakka ve huve yehdi sebil Ve eşhedü enne Muhammeden Abduhu ve Resuluhu Sallallahu aleyhi ve ala alihi ve ashabihi Ve tabi'in lehum bihsanin İlâ yevmi din emmâ ba'd İnşallahü Teala We're going to carry on the explanation of the kitab Manzumatu al-qawa'id al-fiqiyya By Sheikh Abdurrahman Nasir al-Si'di rahimahullah. The Sheikh he said, An-niyatu shartul lisa'iri al-amal. Biha salahu al-fasadu lil-amal. The author rahimahullah, he speaks about an-niyah. What does an-niyah mean? The word an-niyah, it means al-qasd, is to intend something. The word an-niyah means intending something. It's to intend to do something. Okay? Walidharika, the word niyah comes from the word nawa. That's what it comes from. He intended it, that's what it means. Lisan um, al-Arab, if you go to it, you find it says, الشيء, the person intended something. He said it means, It means he intended the thing, this thing or he believed it. What does lakin aniya mean according to the uh, usage of the fuqaha and the usuliyin? When they use the word aniya, what do they mean by it? They mean al-azmu al-fi'li. It is to make a a decision to do an action. فَمَنْ عَزَمَ عَلَى فِعْلٍ مِنَ الْأَفْعَالِ قِيلَ بِأَنَّهُ قَدْ If a person intends an action of something, the word niya uh, can be used in that situation. And if somebody intended to do something, we call it a niya. Somebody said, I'm going to... They make a, like an, a, a conviction to do this thing. That's an intention. Someone says... I'm going to do this thing. Yani that is um, a niya. Um, and some scholars, they say that niya is بِأَنَّهَا قَصْتُ التَّقَرُّبِ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ And some people, they say, some scholars, they say that it has to be, uh, it's only a niya when it's done to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not necessarily to do the action. And that is wrong. The reason is because someone can do an action not to get closer to Allah by it and still call, it's still called a niya. And someone could do an action but it's not necessarily at-taqarrubu ilallah tabarak wa ta'ala but we will still call this a niya. So niya can be whether it's for Allah or not it's still a niya. Okay? The only difference is that this is niya sahiha it's a good niya and this was not a good niya. But it's still called a niya. So the word niya in simple terms, it means that which you decide to do. That which you uh, come with the determination and the conviction to do it. Then the author said, sharṭun." The niya is a shart. The niya is a shart. The word shart, we have to understand what it means. The shart is, What does shart mean? Shart means, ما يلزم من عدم العدم. If the shart is missing, then the act is also missing as well. يعني the absence of the niya makes the action absent. يعني someone prayed without doing any intention. He prayed ظهر without any intention. So يلزم من عدم العدم. يعني عدم النية يلزم منه عدم الصلاة. The absence of the intention. The absence 
of the intention brings about the absence of the salah. I mean, the salah is now uh, absent as well. So the person doesn't have a salah. But just because you came with the intention doesn't mean that the prayer is also there. What do I mean by that? It means someone just came with the intention of wanting to pray, but they didn't come and do the action. That doesn't mean they prayed. So if you don't come with the intention and you pray, the salah is null and there's no salah, you didn't pray anything. The absence of the intention is the absence of the prayer. But that presence of the intention doesn't necessarily mean that it's the presence of the salah, which is common sense. Just because someone came with an intention doesn't mean they did the action, right? They didn't do it. So that's important. Um, the author says here, we have to understand, he said that the niyyah is a shart. The niyyah is a shart for the action. And according to the ulama, the term shart is of types. It's not just one type. The shart is not just one type shart. There are types of shart. For example, there's something that the ulama call shart al-siha. There's a shart called shart al-siha. What does shart al-siha mean? So it's the first type of shart. Okay, it's the first type of shart. This first type of the shart is it's called shart al-siha. So let's take a step back again. We talked about what niya is. We define what niya means in the language and we also define it according to the usuliyin and the fuqaha, what they consider to be a niya. We now moved on to what the word shart means. And I define the word shart by saying a shart means ما يلزم من عدمه العدم ولا يلزم من وجوده الوجود. And I explain what that means. Then I said the shart is of many types because the author here he said وَالنِّيَةُ شَرْطٌ لِسَائِرِ الْعَمَلِ بِهَا الصَّلَاعُ وَالْفَسَادُ لِلْعَمَلِ He said النِّيَةُ شَرْطٌ that the niya is a shart. The question here is when he said that the niya is a shart the intention is a shart. We have to ask ourselves, which shart is he referring to? Because there are two types of shart. Okay? There are two types of shart. There's a shart called shartu siha. There's a shart called what? Shartu, shartu siha. Shartu siha, it means that it's a condition for the action being right. Yani, this condition or this prerequisite must be in place in order for this action that you want to do to be correct. For example, Bahara is a shart and it's a shart al-siha. Bahara is a shart, it's a condition and it's a prerequisite condition. In other words, if a person does not come with Bahara, the salah is not accepted. So it's a shart al-siha. This condition makes the prayer right or wrong. I hope that's understood. That's the first type of shart. Bahara is shart al-siha for the prayer. Crystal clear. Now we have the second type of shart, which is shart al-wujub. Shart al-wujub, what does it mean? It means this prerequisite is not connected to whether this action is right or wrong. It's only connected to whether this action is obligatory or not. Or not. An example will make it clear. In jihad, in jihad, so in hajj, 
Let's take this one. In Hajj. In Hajj, one of the conditions for Hajj is what? Man istata'a ilayhi sabila. The one who has the ability. Okay? The person who has ability. Someone who doesn't have the ability for Hajj physically can't go. But they chose to go. Uh, but it's a condition for Hajj to be able to go. This person chose to go even though they are unable to go. Is their Hajj accepted? Yes. But if you said that Qudra, I mean, istita'a is a shart for Hajj, how can you then say that the Hajj is correct when the shart is missing? Why did you not say what you said in the Salah that the Tahara is a condition for the Salah? The Tahara is absent. The Salah is null and void. Why is Tata'a not the same in the issue of Hajj? We say to you, Tahara for Salah is Shartu, Shartu Siha. Lakin Hajj, the ability is Shartu Wujub. Meaning, it is a condition for the obligation on Hajj on this person. But it's not whether the Hajj is right or wrong if the person does it without, without ability. I, I hope that is crystal clear. Okay, I hope that's really crystal clear. And I'll, I'll repeat it again, inshallah ta'ala. Shartu siha, it means that this action, if you do it without coming with this condition, this action won't be accepted. And salah won't be accepted if you don't do tahara. Because the tahara is shartu siha. Shartu wujub lakin. If the person does the action, the action is right. And hajj is right. Even though the person didn't have the condition of it, which is ability. Because this condition is, um, this prerequisite is shartu wujub. It was a condition for it being obligated on him, not a condition whether the action is accepted or not. Okay? Now we have another question that arises is that when the Imam here, Al Allama Abdul Rahman Nasri Sa'di said, al-amal. The word shart here that he's using. Is he referring to shartu wujub or is he referring to shartu siha? Which one of them is he referring to? Because we're in a slight issue. If he says that it's shartu, it's shartu uh, siha, if he says that, then that's an issue because every intention has to be a, a based on an act. Yani a person can't do an action unless there's intention for every single action. Because it's shartu siha. Or all of those actions will not be accepted from you. And the scholars here, they say, this might be a slight issue on the imam's side, uh, if that's what he uh, entails. Okay? So, and he can't say that it's shartu uh, wujub as well, because there are actions which are shartu siha. And he can't say shartu siha because there are some actions which are shartu wujub. What's the best way to go about it? We say that here the niyyah is mutaraddidun Baina and Yurada be his shartu siha, when Yurada be his shartu lujub. Some of it, so when he said, and when near to shartun, he means some of, the, some of them are shartu siha and sh- some of them are shartu wujub. Okay? And the author, Allah, he himself explained that he said, Bihas salahu wal fasadu lil amal. He said, Bihas salahu wal fasadu lil amal. Here now it makes us clear to what the author means. When the author said بِهَا الصَّلَاحُ وَالْفَسَادُ لِلْعَمَلِ He clarified it that he means that all of the intentions are شَرْطُ الصِّحَّةِ And that's a problem that's going to be held against the Shaykh Rahimahullah. 
when he said when niyatu shartun lisa'iri al-amal it was mutaraddid it could be shartu wujub or shartu siha now that he said biha salahu al-fasadu lil-amal he said that the action is either correct or it's corrupt he's referring to shartu wujub shartu siha and this is ma yu'khadu ala alayhi al-imam that's which we um, we correct the sheikh with because if a person for example <coughs> he does an nafaqatu ala al-aqarib wa izalati najasa some there's some actions that don't need yani intention and that's what the question of the author is going to be here and those actions are correct him saying biha salahu wal fasadu lil amal that the action will be corrupted if there's no intention in it we have some actions that the person does. We have some actions that the person can do. And when he or she does these actions, they don't need intention for it. Like al-aqarib, providing for your family members. A husband is married and he provides for his wife. Do we say that this action uplifts from him the, uh, the sin? Yes. This action is accepted from him. And he's accepting the sense where he's not a sinner for not providing for his family. He did. Enough for a person to sin is that he forsakes those who are upon him to provide for. So what happens is he provides for his family. Does he have to have an intention for it? No. Someone has impurity on them. There's an impurity on someone. To remove that impurity, does the person have to have an intention? If we look at what the Imam is saying here, is that yeah, yeah, you have to. He's saying that, in other words, from his line of here, it's like he's saying that that action is corrupt because you didn't come with the intention for it. And that's wrong. And that's wrong. Or even uh, paying and repay, uh, giving back someone the debt that you took from them. You're paying back someone the debt. And you're not doing it with an intention you're just doing it because you are under duress or the, the, the you're going to be imprisoned or what etc and you're paying back the person uh, yeah, does that mean that the debt is not accepted from you that the person the money you gave if you didn't come with intention is no no so the um, correct stance inshallah ta'ala in this issue is that aniyatu here it means um and because there are actions which are and there are actions which are so here uh, according to the Shaykh this issue should be looked at again uh, and Allah knows best here I want to go into some of the, some of the issues inshallah ta'ala, um, regarding the intention there are some issues that inshallah ta'ala, we need to know about the intentions the intention brothers and sisters uh, is very important. So if you can just, inshallah ta'ala, write this down, um, it's very important for you. When the scholars talk about intention, there are two parties of people who talk about the concept of intention. Okay? There's a group of scholars who speak about the intention of who you did this action for. That's the first. They talk about the intention of who you did this action for. Yani who are you doing this action for? A group of scholars, when they speak about it, they speak about it from that angle, which is what they call it, Qasdul Ma'bud. Qasdu Al Ma'bud. Who are you intending? Qasdul Ma'bud. And that, that one is called 
That is called ikhlas. It's what the scholars call ikhlas. Qasdul ma'bud. Who are you doing this action for? Are you doing it for Allah or are you doing it for someone else? Or are you doing it for Allah and someone else? And that is what Allah used in the Quran. وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءَ وَيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةَ الآية Here is ikhlas. قَصْدُ الْمَعْبُودِ Who are you doing this action for? لِمَنْ Also the hadith al-Qudsi أَنَا أَغْنَى الشُّرَكَاءِ عَنِ الشِّرْكِ مَنْ أَشْرَكَ مَعِي غَيْرِ تَرَكْتُهُ وَشِرْكَ so this one is ikhlas, sincerity, only for Allah Qasdul Ma'bud. There's another discussion when it comes to intention, which is Qasdul Ibadah. That in now intending the act of worship itself. You're intending the act of worship. This is the one that the Usuluyin and the Fuqaha talk about. And that's the one that the Imam here is talking about, which is Qasdul Ibadah. What does Qasdul Ibadah mean? It means you intend what type of ibadah you're doing. And that happens in two ways. Qasdul ibadah happens in two ways. The first way that it happens is tamyuzul ibadati ba'dhiha an ba'd. To distinguish one ibadah from another ibadah. For example, sunnatay qabla al-fajr, the two sunnah before fajr. And the salatul fajr itself you have to distinguish both of them from one another based on an intention. So you're going to distinguish two ibadah. Both of them are ibadah. You have to intend which one is which. You can't have the intention of sunnah for fajr. You can't. The second way that qasdul ibadah happens is tamyizul ibadati anil adat. Distinguishing a ibadah from a custom and a norms that you do. Someone Every morning when they wake up, they are, they, it's from their custom to shower. Uh, it's from their custom. They like to do that. So they can cool themselves down. But the individual had a sexual intercourse at night. Okay. Now, before Fajr, Qubayla Salatil Fajri, this person, what is upon him or what is upon her? Upon this person is to do what? Ghusl. Ghusl is wajib. Because the person, the person, uh, had sexual intercourse the Prophet sallallahu he said إذا التقى الختانان وجب الغسل إذا التقى إذا التقى الختانان وجب الغسل if the two genitals meet one another there's there's there's غسل which is wajib so now this person has to distinguish from the غسل شرعي that he's going to do and the غسل that he did from his norms and his customs and he has to distinguish this this one he used to do habitually from the one that he has to do for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the usuleen, they talk about this issue of niyyah from that perspective. The concept of niyyah is a very big and important topic. The scholars, they spend a lot of time and, um, discussing it. And it's very important that we understand that. And we learn it. الإمام الشافعي when he came to the hadith إنما الأعمال بالنيات وإنما لكل امرئ ما نوى فمن كانت هجرته إلى الله ورسوله فهجرته إلى الله ورسوله ومن كانت هجرته لدنيا يصيبها أو امرأة ينكحها وفي رواية أو امرأة يتزوجها فهجرته إلى ما هاجر إليه this hadith which is found in Bukhari and Muslim narrated as well من حديث عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله تعالى عنه this hadith Imam al-Shafi'i, he said he entered 70 chapters of the chapters of fiqh. 70. He entered 70 chapters of the chapters of fiqh. So it's a big hadith. 
Rather, the whole entire religion revolves around two hadiths. The hadith of Umar, and hadith of Aisha, and it revolves around those two. This is a'mal batina and this is a'mal zahira. These are external actions and these are internal actions. Intentions, my beloved brothers and sisters, the intentions, it doesn't enter, it doesn't enter the dawat. Uh, and that's a, a too deep issue that I don't want to go into, inshallah ta'ala. I'm going to avoid speaking about that, inshallah ta'ala. So, inshallah ta'ala, uh, now I'm going to go into, inshallah ta'ala, the next line of poetry. The Imam, rahimahullah, he then said, الدِّينُ مَبْنِيٌ عَلَى الْمَصَالِحِ فِي جَلْبِهَا وَدَرْءُ لِلْقَبَائِحِ الدِّينُ مَبْنِيٌ عَلَى الْمَصَالِحِ فِي جَلْبِهَا وَدَرْءُ لِلْقَبَائِحِ Ad-deen or the religion. The word ad-deen means al-shari'a. Um, and the word ad-deen is taken from the verb dana. Yani the word ad-deen is taken from the word, uh, the word dana. Which means ata'a. That's what it means. فَمَنْ دَانَ لِغَيْرِهِ أَطَاعَهُ Anyone who dana لِغَيْرِهِ does it for someone other than uh, himself. Yani it means ata'ahu, he obeyed him. وَلِذَلِكَ اللَّهِ تَبَارَكُ وَتَعَالَى um, the religion of Islam is a religion of obedience to Allah wa ta'ala, unrestricted obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. But that's why it was called, uh, the whole sharia is called deen. And that's why Allah said, Inna deena indallahil islam. So Allah used the word deen. Ad-deenu mabniyun ala al-masalihi. The religion is built upon al-masalih. What does that mean? It means the sharia في وضع أحكامها المصالح. The religion, uh, Allah Azza wa Jalla, when He placed these rulings, Allah observed Subhanahu wa Taala the masalih, the benefits. Allah observed it Subhanahu wa Taala. And the word masalih it means al-manafir. Masalih manafir. Maslaha manfaa. That's what it is. Allah Taala is the one who is the one who placed these rulings. And Allah Taala observed the masalih, the benefits. By the way, these benefits don't go back to Allah. Yani, that doesn't mean that the benefit Allah re- Allah reaps benefits from from this. No, no. Allah says in the Quran, Ya nasu antum al ilallah wallahu al-ghani. Allah Taala is what? Wallahu al-ghani al-hamid. Allah Taala is rich. Allah doesn't need the creation. Subhanahu wa Taala. So when He benefits us, it doesn't mean He gets something in return. Not at all. So it's not a benefit for him tabarak wa ta'ala. So the religion, it observes the masalih and the mafasid. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, he does that. Every issue in the religion, there's a maslaha for the people. So the religion comes and it observes those masalih. Those masalih that the sharia observes go back to the following, inshallah ta'ala. The masalih go back to the following. Masalih that the Sharia wants from every single person. Well, scholars have written books on the concept of Masalih. Al-Izm al-Abdi-Salam, rahimahullah, he has a whole entire uh, kitab in which he wrote about the concept of Masalih and Mafasid. He called it Qawaid al-Ahkam fi Masalih al-Anam. He has a kitab on it. And Allah Taala even mentioned that the religion 
he observes the masalih like when Allah talk, talked about um, uh, there's benefit in you in the qisas the capital punishment so the word hayatun um, which is a ta'leelun it's a reasoning for the ruling of qisas Allah ta'ala is saying that the qisas in it is, is a maslahatul khalq it is a benefit in the creation for it and if you actually follow the entirety of the sharia and you observe it you realize that the sharia observes masalih benefits for the people but when you look at the masalih it's different types some masalih are wajibah yani some masalih that the sharia uh, set um, it's masalih which are mutahatimatun wajibatun some masalih are wajib you have to come with this action like salawatul mafruda some of the masalih might be mustahabba like the sunnah and everything the whole entire religion is masalih right ad-deenu mabniyun ala al-masalih fi jalbiha wa dar'i lil-qaba'ih then the religion is built on masalih some of the things that the religion mentions are wajibat and some of the things that the religion mention is mustahabbat things that are recommended so the masalih can be in the wajibat and it can also be in the uh, mustahabbat it can also be uh, in the uh, mustahabbat. Sometimes the masalih might be for a particular person, and sometimes the masalih can be for uh, the uh, entirety of the whole entire community. Um, yani it can be, and etc. So let's look at the masalih from different perspectives. Sometimes the scholars they divide the masalih into masalih. There are some masalih that the sharia wants it to happen in the mujtama from every single individual. Every the sharia wants everybody to do this masalaha. And sometimes um, the masalih la yuridu min kulli muslim Sometimes na, the the religion doesn't want every single person to do this masalaha. And that can be divided in a couple of ways. A masalih, if the person leaves it, he deserves to be punished. And those are the wajibat. And there are masalih, the person doesn't deserve to be punished for leaving it. And they are the recommended masalih. Also, the scholars look at masalih from another perspective. They say that the masalih also can be, from, you can look at the masalih from many different angles. Because the whole religion is based on masalih. The scholars, they look at it from many perspectives. There's another perspective where masalih can be spoken about, which is masalih mu'tabara. Masalih benefits that, can, that are considered in the sharia. The sharia considered this type of maslaha. Uh, and it considered it بطريق الكتابي أو بطريق السنة أو بالإجماعي أو بالقياس الصحيح. This qiyas is mu'tabara. This qiyas, uh, this maslaha, the sharia has taken it into consideration. It's accepted it. It stated its benefit. Like qisas, Allah mentioned, وَلَكُمْ فِي الْقِصَاسِ حَيَاتٌ يَا أُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ Allah mentioned that. That maslaha is mu'tabara. It's taken into consideration. The second one is maslaha mulghat. A maslaha that the sharia dismissed. Um, the sharia, it's a maslaha, but the sharia doesn't accept this as a maslaha. It doesn't. An example for uh, for this uh, is a story that is mentioned 
that Yahya ibn Yahya ibn Kathir al-Layfi, okay, Masalih Mulgat, I'm talking about, Maslaha that the Sharia doesn't consider. Yahya ibn Yahya al-Layfi is one of the students of Imam Malik, rahimahullah ta'ala. He's a Rawiul Muwatta. He narrated the Muwatta from Imam Malik, rahimahullah. Okay, he narrated it from him. There's a story that happened at his time that one of the leaders um, of that time in the daytime of Ramadan had sexual intercourse with uh, a woman. And his wife. He had sexual intercourse with his wife in Nahari Ramadan. Yani, while he was fasting in Ramadan. Okay? So what is upon the person who has sexual intercourse with his wife in the fi Nahari Ramadan, daytime in Ramadan? What is upon that person? What is upon that person is to free a neck, right? So Yahya ibn Yahya al-Layfi, instead of giving the, the, the leader the verdict of freeing a slave, he gave another verdict to him, which was what? He said, you have to fast. Uh, you have to fast two consecutive months. You have to fast two consecutive months. So when they came back to Yahya ibn Yahya al-Layfi, they said to him, Shaykh, why have you given a verdict different to what is stated in the Sharia? Yani the Sharia first of all commanded the person to free a slave, and if he's not able to, then fasting. Why have you jumped to the one after and not the first one that the Sharia stated? He responded and he said, Freeing the slave of the uh, sl- freeing a slave is easy for the leader. This particular leader, freeing a slave is easy for him. He's got many slaves. He's gonna free the slave, and he's gonna fall into it tomorrow again, and then he's gonna free another slave, and he's gonna fall into it again, and it won't be a, a, a means to stop him from this action. But if we say to him, you have to fast two consecutive months, then he said, this is, uh, it's going to be a rada. It's going to be a means to stop him uh, from uh, having sexual intercourse with his wife in the month of Ramadan. We say, the sheikh looked at maslaha. Like in this maslaha is mulgat. This maslaha is dismissed. Because the sharia has already stated something. And it goes against the sharia. This maslaha that the sheikh saw is mulgat. Mulgat meaning it's tossed. It's, in, it, this, it, it's not taken into consideration. It's dismissed. There's a third type of maslaha that the scholars mentioned, which is called maslahatun mursala. A maslahatun mursala. What is maslahatun mursala? Maslahatun mursala, it is, maslahat, it is a maslaha. Lam yati biha nassun. There's no textual statement for it la bi'ilgha'iha wa la bi'tibarha there is no statement to consider this maslaha or to dismiss the maslaha there is no evidence we don't have no evidence that says to us consider it or dismiss it so it's not the first the first one that we mentioned or the second one that we mentioned it's neither of the two neither of the two this one is called masalih mursala the Sharia didn't command us to consider it and it also didn't command us to dismiss it. And the ulama amongst themselves disputed one another fi hujjiyatiha, whether it can be considered a proof. 
Some scholars, they say it's a hujjah. Ah. And some of them dismiss it as a proof. وَلِذَلْكَ شَيْخُ الْإِسْلَامِ بِنُ تَيْمِيَةِ وَتِلْمِيذُهُ الْبَارُ And his noble student, Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahumullah, may Allah be pleased with both of them, they said, أَنَّهُ لَا يُمْكِنُ أَن تُوجَدَ مَسْرَحَةُ الْمُرْسَلَةِ They said it's impossible to find a maslaha mursala. They said it's, it's hard to find a maslaha. It, this, this is a maslaha, and there is no nas to affirm it. And there's also no nas to negate it. It's impossible, he said. Ibn Taymiyyah said that, and Ibn Al-Qayyim, uh, rahimahumullah, both said it. Ibn Al-Qayyim says it in his I'lam, and uh, Ibn Taymiyyah, he mentions it in his Majmu'ur Rasail wal Masail. And their argument is, all of the masalih are mu'tabara in the sharia, and if it's not mu'tabara in the sharia, then it's mulgat. Simple as. If the sharia considered it, it's a mu'tabara. If the sharia did not consider this, this is not a maslaha. Uh, any issue Ibn Taymiyyah says, and his student Ibn Al-Qayyim, any issue that the people don't find it, there's no nas to affirm it, and there's no nas to negate it, Ibn Taymiyyah, he said, لا يخلو من أحد أمريني. It doesn't go outside one of two issues. Either it's a مفسدة and it's not even a مصلحة أصلا. Or قد يدل عليها نص من الشارع خفي على ذلك الفقيه. Or else there is an affirmation in the شريعة for this مصلحة. This great Imam didn't see it. He didn't see it, and so he thought it is it is a مصلحة مرسلة. Okay, and that's very. Uh, strong, mashallah, uh, قول which is قوي uh, to Shaykh Al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah and his student Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahumullah and this of course goes back to the كمال الشريعة وشمولها this religion by the way is very comprehensive and Allah Taala told us in the Quran اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا that this religion is complete this entire religion it's complete and Allah Taala completed it for us and this religion is shamil is comprehensive it's general it, it, there's no maslaha that the sharia didn't uh, consider Allah Taala he uh, mentioned it subhanahu wa ta'ala also the masalih the scholars refer they break it down to when they look at it from another perspective masalih which are daruriyat uh, and masalih which are hajiyat and masalih which are yani takmiliyat masalih which are daruriyat yani they're necessary it's a necessity it's a life and death situation and they're masalih which are hajiyat it's not a life and death situation but it's also needed but it's not a necessity and there's also masalih which are they complete things cherry on the cake okay so scholars also divide it in that way the imam says the religion what it does is the religion pushes away the filth and the bad things and what does it pull forward it brings forward the religion what it works on is to bring the benefit and to push the harm Okay, and now we're going to go into inshallah ta'ala uh, some points inshallah ta'ala that the Imam rahimahullah goes into details. He says, 
فإن تزاحم عدد المصالح يقدم الأعلى من المصالح There are two benefits that are running besides one another now We're going into a مسألة called تزاحم المصالح And this is another issue by the way It's called um, This is considered And it enters the chapter of الترجيح It's a chapter where the person is going to do ترجيح of one thing over the other التعارض والترجيح Scholars speak about it at the ending of أصول الفقه A concept that you strengthen one over the other We have two maslaha running besides one another They're running besides one another I have to prioritize one maslaha over another maslaha the, And this by the way the author when he says فَإِن تَزَاحَمْ عَدَدُ الْمَصَارِحِ يُقَدَّمُ الْأَعْلَى مِنَ الْمَصَارِحِ Here he's referring to when the person is not able to do both of the masalih Of course it's not If you can do one, if you can do both of them then alhamdulillah يعني إعمال الدليلين أولى من أولى من إهمال أحدهما صح؟ Acting upon all of those evidences is more is more is given more precedence than taking one and abandoning the other. If he can act upon both of the masalih, alhamdulillah, that's what should be done first. And the concept of jama is always then the concept of dismissing one and taking the other. So if there's many masalih running besides one another, a person should try to do both. If he can't, then what does he do? He chooses the one that is highest. And by the way, this issue of taking which one is the best is stated in the Quran. Allah Taala He says, "وَاتَّبِعُوا أَحْسَنَ مَا أُنْزِلَ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ أَحْسَنَ مَا أُنْزِلَ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ." It's talking about the highest of the masalih. That's what he's referring to. أَمَا فَبَشِّرْ عِبَادَ الَّذِينَ اسْتَمِعُونَ الْقَوْلَ فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَ أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ هَدَاهُمُ اللَّهُ وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ أُولُو الْأَلْبَابِ So here Allah says, فَبَشِّرْ عِبَادِ الَّذِينَ اسْتَمِعُونَ الْقَوْلَ فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَ أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ هَدَاهُمُ اللَّهُ وَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمْ أُولُو الْأَلْبَابِ These are the great-minded people, smart, clever, knowledgeable, grounded people. By how are they smart and how are they clever? فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَ When there's two masalih running besides one another, they follow ahsana, the highest of them. That's what they do. So, the word I mentioned both times, وَاتَّبِعُوا أَحْسَنَ مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ in Surah Zumar, and also in Surah Zumar, Allah Taala saying, الَّذِينَ اسْتَمِعُونَ الْقَوْلَ فَيَتَّبِعُونَ أَحْسَنَ The word ahsan means that uh, within the sharia, the masalih are not all the same level. يَتَفَاضَلْ and if they are going against one another, we take one and we uh, um, we abandon or we leave the other one due to us not being able to do it. Well, if you look at the con- uh, if you look at the chapter known as Saddu Dharaiya, Saddu Saddu Dharaiya, if you look at it, which is actually affirmed. Uh, in Kutub al-Qawaid And scholars speak about it And it's also discussed in Kutub al-Usul Scholars discuss it Saddu dharai Saddu dharai by the way it means When you look at the means to the goal Something is going to lead to something And it gets stopped Because of what it's going to lead to The concept of Saddu dharai Is actually highly built upon At-Tarjihu The concept of strengthening uh, The Masalih And then the Fasid let, let me give you an example, inshallah ta'ala, it becomes clear. Someone is in a situation where they have to do an action which is 
restricted to him or an action which encompasses other other people yani the actions are two types an action which the ulama call it fi'l which is qasir this action is restricted to you alone you're the one who reaps the benefit yani praying qiyamul layl it's a benefit that only goes back to you and it's a benefit that goes back to you it's a fi'l which is qasir it's restricted to you this benefit there's another one which is ta'limun nas teaching the people and educating the people which is a what which is a naf' which is a maslaha which is muta'addiya yata'adda ila ghayrihi it goes back to someone other than you by teaching you're going to benefit without a doubt and also the other people that you're teaching are going to benefit as well if it happens now that you can't do both of these for whatever situation you can't do both which one do you give precedence to you give precedence to the one that brings other people in because it's what it's the higher form of maslaha so the fi'l which is muta'addi that brings other people takes precedence over the fi'l which is qasir restricted to you from that perspective al-imam ahmed um, when he said ta'ala, a man stands up and he prays at night and he worships Allah ta'ala, and another man stands up and he warns against the people of innovation he warns against them and Imam Ahmed said the one that stands up and warns against the innovators and exposes them is better than the one who stands up and prays and does things for himself okay why because this one his benefits are not restricted to him his benefits are other people whereas this one who's standing up and he's praying and he's worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his actions are restricted to him only Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah quoted Imam Ahmad in that issue another example can be and it happens to the Hanafiyyah and they do this issue which is a salah which is wajib is in sunnatul fajr is in and what do they do they go and they pray sunnatul fajr which is before the salah when salatul fajr is in Okay, here you can't do it. There's a maslaha which is a'adham, which is what? Fajr, the, the, the salatul nafilatul fajr, the sunnah of fajr, is not as great as the what? As the salatul fajr. Salatul fajr is better. And you have tazahum. You can't do both, you have to do one. The jama'ah is in, one of two. So here, what do you do? الفعل الواجب أولى من الفعل المستحب المسنون we say سقاعدة the scholars mentioned الفعل الواجب the action which is واجب أولى من الفعل المستحب المسنون is better than the action which is what recommended or in other words الفرض أفضل من النفل the واجب is better than the voluntary or in another wording لا يترك الواجب إلا لواجب مثله you can't leave a wajib except for another wajib like it. So what are some people doing? They are praying Sunnatul Fajri once the Salah of the Jama'ah of Fajr is in. You see him praying right at the back while the people are praying the Salah. And it goes against the Hadith of Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi 
Yani Allah Taala, the thing that He loves the most, ahab. Remember we took that ahab is It's a superlative, right? So it means that is more beloved to Allah. That's the highest maslaha. Then the hadith says, Hadith Qudsi, وَلَا يَزَالُ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلِ So the slave gets closer to Allah Taala with the voluntary acts. He gets closer and closer. Lakin the one that Allah loves subhanahu wa ta'ala is مِمَّ افْتَرَدْتُهُ عَلَيْهِ That which he made obligatory on you. So if someone enters the masjid and he prays sunnah in the corner whilst the iqama or the salah is in, um, they've gone against what we're talking about here. And they've gone against clear-cut evidences. So there's many gawa'id that fall under this one. And the concept of tazahum al-masalih. I encourage you, inshallah ta'ala, to read the kitab by al-allama ibn Abil Izz. Uh, sorry, Al-Izz ibn Abdi Salam rahimahullah ta'ala is Kitab Qawaidul Ahkam fi Masalih al-Anam. It's a two-volume kitab, very good. I think Darul Qalam published it. It's very good, inshallah ta'ala. وَضِدُّهُ تَزَاحُمُ الْمَفَاسِدِ يُرْتَكَبُ الْأَدْنَامِ الْمَفَاسِدِ Now we're going to go into the opposite, which is تَزَاحُمُ الْمَفَاسِدِ There are two evils running besides one another. Um, you're going to have to do one of the evils. You're in a situation, you're going to have to do one of the two evils. You're going to have to do one of two evils. Which one are you going to take? You're going to take the lesser of the two evils. For example, a person is in the middle of the desert. Okay? And they're about to die because of hunger. And all that is available for them is pork. Khinzir is present for them. Okay? So we have two mafsada here. The first mafsada is that the person is going to die. That's a mafsada. And the person eating pork in order to live is another mafsada. Two mafsada. What do we do in this situation? Yurtakabul adraminal mafasidi. We'll take the two of the, the lesser of the two of those harms. And that's why Allah said in the Quran, فَمَنِ الضُّرَّ غَيْرَ بَاغٍ وَلَا عَادٍ فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ Allah says, فَمَنِ الضُّرَّ غَيْرَ بَاغٍ وَلَا عَادٍ فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ so there's two mafsada here. Talafun nafs. His nafs going is a mafsada. And aklu min al maytati, ama aklu al khinzir, is also a mafsada. Like in here, are they the same? No, the life of the person is more important than him or he or her and uh, him or her, or her eating the the dead corpse or eating the khinzir. Arafdum. Um, also, another example that the scholars mention here is the concept of the oppressive Muslim leader, for example. There is an oppressive Muslim leader. And he's oppressing the people. He's beating them, he's lashing them, he's causing them harm. The Sharia leaving him in the position is a mafsada. It's a mafsada. Him being in power is a mafsada. Because he's killing innocent people. He's harming innocent people. He is imprisoning innocent people. It's a mafsada. Remove, trying to remove him now brings a greater mafsada. Because now the people he's harming are restricted. But if, he, if someone tries to question his authority or his positioning, or they try to go against it, he will yani, fight back. And the people who die are going to be more casualties than the current problem that is already there. 
So because of that, the messenger clearly and categorically instructed the Sahabas to listen and obey him. Even if he's harming them. He told them, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, not because the people are happy with the wrong that he's doing. No, that's not the case. Again, we've clearly stated that he's a mafsada. It's like saying, a person who's eating dead corpse in the desert, and we say to him, Akhi, eat, eat the dead corpse. Eat the dead animal. Just eat it to live. And someone comes and says, you love the, you love people eating dead corpse. No, I see eating dead corpse as to be a mafsada. But I see a greater mafsada which is telephone nafs. This person's nafs is going to go. F- so what did I do? I, I took the lesser of the two harms. It's the same when it comes to the oppressive Muslim leader. The oppressive Muslim leader, the shari' Allah Azza wa Jalla, ala lisan rasulihi, said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that the Muslim leader who is oppressed to the people, he should be listened to and obeyed. Because this mafsada that you're pointing out is not denied. No one's denying these, the presence of these mafsada. No one's saying there isn't, they're not present, they're present. But going against him is a greater mafsada. If there's two mafsada running beside one another, we're in a situation with two mafsada. He's going to oppress some people, but the majority of the people are going to live in good and uh, safety and is going to be general. Or we go against him and he causes havoc and bloodshed and innocent people die. Yeah, and he, uh, the mashakil is going to be everywhere. Al-akhbar wal-yabis In that situation, we will take the lesser of the two harms, which is, and it's, it's by the way, it's a nasarih. It's not ijtihad that people are doing. It's that's why the Prophet, he instructed that alayhi salatu salam in the hadiths alayhi salatu, alayhi salatu salam. Very good. So two mafasid are running uh, besides one another. We have to take the lesser of the two harms. Okay? Okay. وَمِنْ قَوَاعِدِ الشَّرِيَعَةِ التَّيْسِيرُ فِي كُلِّ أَمْرٍ نَابَهُ تَعْسِيرُ The author Allah, now goes into another qaida which is known as الْمَشَقَّةُ تَجْرِبُ التَّيْسِيرُ the Sharia came to bring about ease. It's not here to harm you or to cause you uh, confusion and make matters hard on you. Allah didn't. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is what, not what Allah is trying to do to you. يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرَى وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرَى Allah wants to make issues easy for you and He doesn't want, want to make things hard on you. It's also Allah says in another ayah, يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ أَنْ يُخَفِّفَ عَنْكُمْ وَخُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ ضَعِيفًا Allah Ta'ala, He says subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah wants to make matters easy for you. Taysir. The word taysir is taken from the word yusr. That's what it's taken from. Ta'asir is taken from the word usr. So Allah Ta'ala, He wants to make matters easy for you. Suhula waliyuna. To make matters Simple and easy for you. But the Prophet Sallallahu he said in the hadith, he said to the two companions, يَسِّرُوا وَلَا تُعَسِّرُوا He said to Ali Sallallahu 
He also said, إِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُمْ مُيَسِّرِينَ وَلَمْ تُبْعَثُوا مُعَسِّرِينَ You were sent to make matters easy and you weren't sent to make matters hard on the people. Also the Prophet ﷺ, he said, إِنَّ الدِّينَ يُسْرٌ وَلَنْ يُشَادَّ الدِّينَ أَحَدٌ إِلَّا غَلَبَهُ فَسَدِّدُوا وَقَارِبُوا The Prophet ﷺ said that each, the religion is easy. No one makes it harder than what it is, except that it will overcome that person. So the religion is ease, it's simplicity, it's ease. And Allah Taala. He is the one who created you and the Sharia is made to fit you. It's made to uh, suit you. Don't ever think to yourself anything. Don't ever, don't ever allow it. Don't ever think to yourself that or th- assume to yourself that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will create you and the Sharia will be so inaccurate Towards who you are No, abadan It won't happen like that yani The sharia will always be in line With your With your essence yani Allah is going to observe you as, a, as he observes the genders Allah observes the ages of the people And yani Allah does not Make a child Who Allah created Okay Who is not mukallaf Allah didn't say the child has to From the age of three The child has to pray salah If he doesn't pray his ayatim Allah didn't say that He's observing Allah ta'ala, He's looking at The creation he created ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala Is he commanding the child To pray at the time That's fit for him And the sharia is there to Fit you So whenever you see a legislation Don't you think to yourself A split second that this legislation, how is it going to be? How is it possible for it to be implemented? How? How? How can anyone implement it? It's not. the Sahabas, when it happened to them, that Allah wa Taala He said, "In tubudu ma fi anfusikum, yuhasibukum Whether you hide a issue, or whether you you bring it to the open, whether you hide it and you conceal it, or whether you bring it out in the open. Allah will always account you for it. يُحَاسِبُكُمْ بِهِ اللَّهِ And the ayah says, if you hide something in your heart and you think about it, or whether you manu- it manifests on your limbs and you go and you do it, Allah will still hold you account for both situations. The Sahaba they said, Ya Rasulullah, which from amongst us is able to act upon this? Then how is this possible? That I thought of something bad, I didn't do it, I get... I get punished for it Just by thinking of it Allah Taala He said to the Sahabas Don't say what Banu Israel said Say what the believers should be saying Which is I hear and I I obey Say I hear And I obey Let that be your response and Say As soon as that word came from their mouth Which is we hear and we obey Allah Taala He sent down the ayah uh, those ayat came down. When they said, سمعنا وأطعنا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير, as they were told to say it, as soon as they said that statement, the ayat of takhfif came out, came down. The verse of ease and simplicity, which is what لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها لها ما كسبت وعليها ما اكتسبت. The person will only be accounted for what they do. They will not be accounted for what they think. Those verses came down. So what I mean by that, brothers and sisters, is that the actions that Allah legislates for us in the Sharia, they are all ease. 
They're all ease. There's no hardship in it. It's all easy. And the Sharia is there to observe us and our situation. So the scholars, they mention it under the Qaeda of Al-Mashaqqatu Tajribu Taysir. And if there happens to be a situation where something becomes extremely hard for someone to do, then the Sharia uplifts the ruling from them. The Qaeda is Kullama Daqa Al-Amru Tasa'a, sah? Kullama Daqa Al-Amru Tasa'a. Every time something becomes hard on a person, if you go, standing up in the salah is an obligatory thing, right? The Prophet said to the Hadith Sahabi, Imran ibn Hussein, the Prophet he said, Salli qa'iman. Fa'ilam tasatik faqa'idan. Fa'ilam tasatik fa'ala jambin. Stand up praying. He said, if you can't do it, then sit down. If you can't, then on the side. Ponder here. Ponder here. It's not going to happen that they, something you can't do, then Alhamdulillah, you've got, you've got an excuse. You've got takhfif, you've got rukhsa. The Sharia gave you rukhsa. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already taken care of taking care of you. Yuridullahu Yuridullahu bikumul yusra wa la yuridu bikumul usra. Yuridullahu an yukhaffifa ankum wa khuliqal insanu da'ifa. Allah created you weak so he knows the ahkams that are fit for you. Tabaraka wa ta'ala. Now the author rahimahullah he goes into um وَلَيْسَ وَاجِبٌ بِلَقْتِدَارِ وَلَا مُحَرَّمٌ مَعَ الضِّرَارِ This, by the way, is connected to the previous point that we spoke about. Which is what? وَلَيْسَ وَاجِبٌ بِلَقْتِدَارِ وَلَا مُحَرَّمٌ مَعَ الضِّرَارِ If there is no ability, there's no wajib. The religion is easy, simple. If you can't do something that was obligatory, the obligation is removed from you. Now, by the way, the removal of obligation from someone is two types. There is a raf which is kulli. Yani is fully remo- this thing is fully removed from you. Yani a person can't fast, the sharia will say to him, don't fast, don't worry. Bring it back another time. That's what the sharia does. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَمَنْ كَانَ مِنْكُمْ مَرِيضًا أَوْ عَلَى سَفَرٍ فَعِدَّةٌ مِنْ أَيَّامٍ أُخَرٍ Anyone who's sick or is a traveler, he brings back the fasting fi ayyamin ukhar another time. He brings it uh, another time. Fi ayyamin ukhar. That one is raf'u kulli. A person can't fast. The sharia won't say half of the day fast and the other half, you know, just don't fast. If you're sick, bring it back. The whole entire day, bring it back. A person says, I can't stand up. This removal of the obligation here is not bil kulli. The Sharia wants to say, oh, you can't stand up. Okay, pray when you can stand up. No. Salah is broken down. You can't stand up? Ah, sit down then. I can't sit down. Lie down. The salah still has to be done. Just the way that you do it changes. The ability here, the, the, the wajib here, is broken down. Okay, so you have to come with it. Uh, you have to come with uh, it uh, in the way that it's, uh, you're able to do it. Any action that the person needs to do, ability is connected to it. Remember that. Because of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where he said, وسلم, If you are told to do something, you have to come with it as much as you're able to. إِذَا أَمَرْتُكُمْ بِأَمْرٍ 
Come with it as much as you're able to. Also Allah Ta'ala, He said, Fear Allah Ta'ala and be conscious of Him as much as you're able to. So the commands uh, of a person goes if the ability goes. And I already mentioned um, the qudra تختلف باختلاف الواجبات. So not every wajib is the same. Some wajibat are wajibat which are badaniya. Um, فَعَدَمُ الْقُدْرَةِ يَكُونِ بِعَدِمُ وُجُودِ جُزْءِ الْبَدَلِ الْمُتَعَلِّقِ بِذَلِكَ الْوَاجِبِ And some are uh, not connected to the person's... Um, it's not connected to the person. The body is connected to their wealth. The point is, ability is needed. And the person has to come with the ability to do it. So that I mentioned the wajibat are two types. نَوْعُ لَا تَتَبَعَضْ And a نَوْعُ which is تَتَبَعَضْ A wajib لَا تَتَبَعَضْ نعم You can't do يعني some You have to do all of it And some types which is تَتَبَعَضْ Like for example Salah يعني the قيام in Salah is wajib Like if you can't do it you sit down سَطْرُ الْعَوْرَةِ فِي الصَّلَاةِ if a person can't cover the entire awrah in the salah, they cover what they can, and the other one, فَتَّقُوا مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ وَلَا مُحَرَّمًا مَعَ الضِّرَارِ And there's no haram when there's darura. If a person is in a state of darura, there's no haram. There's no haram. Um, darura makes something haram halal for you. It does. But there are a few things that inshallah ta'ala we have to, by the way, this is a qa'idah which is al-darurat tubihu al-mahdurat. That the darurat permits for you the mahdurat, amma the muharramat. The muharramat are two types, brothers and sisters. Something which is muharramun li dhatihi. It's haram in and within itself. Okay? Muharramun li dhatihi. Like aklul mayta. Eating dead corpse, for example. Muharramun li dhatihi. And it's... It's haram in and within itself. Then this one, you as a person can't do this act unless there's a necessity. Yani, that which is muharramun lidatihi only becomes permissible in the darura when there's a necessity for it. Lakin ma hurrima sadda lidari'ah amma ma hurrima lighayrihi That which was made haram not in and within itself but because of something it's going to lead to. Then the scholars, they say, تُبِيحُ عِنْدَ الْحَاجَة It gets permissible when there's a haja for it. They don't have to reach the darura. Haja will allow it. Haja is lower than darura. If a haram, something is muharramun لِغَيْرِهِ It's not haram in and within itself. But it's haram because of something it's going to lead to. For example, looking at a woman. Looking at a woman is not muharramun lidhatihi. It's not haram in and within itself. It's haramun because of that which is going to lead to. What is it that's going to lead to? It's going to lead to zina, right? It's wala taqrabu zina. It falls under there, right? So this looking will lead to zina. Finally, it will lead to what? It will finally lead to zina. So the sharia prohibited it from babu sadd dharaiya. 
لكن eating dead corpse is محرم لذاتي لا سد لذريعة itself is حرام that which is محرم لذاته only gets permissible عند الضرورة when there's a necessity for it أما ما حرم سد لذريعة أما that which is made حال Haram because of what it's going to lead to, like looking at a woman, can be made permissible in the al-haja. When there's all, when there's a need for it, it can be made permissible. So, for example, if a man needs to look at a woman for marriage, he can look at her because it's what it's not going to now lead to zina; it's going to lead to marriage. Alaft. Another one is, which is. Today, inshallah ta'ala, a contemporary issue that people ask a lot of questions about, which is the issue of insurance, for example. Uh, there are insurance out there, medical insurance, car insurance, and etc. Let me stick to car insurance for now. For example, when I looked at the car insurance, there are two types. There's car insurance, which is riba. That one is not permissible. You have to get rid of that. And in some forms of insurances, the conditions and the terms and the articles that are in there are riba. So get ri- uh, away from riba. Then riba is muharramu lidati. It's haram in and within itself. And it can only be permissible to have a car on insurance with riba if there's a what? A barura, a necessity. And there isn't, there isn't as it seems like, a, a necessity for... Uh, it's not a necessity for... Um, us to really drive so that I don't think will apply on everybody I mean there can be cases and situations for some people where it might be but the overwhelming, overwhelming majority of people it's not a necessity but there are forms of insurances when you call them up and you ask them and everything and explain it to you that doesn't actually have in it riba but what it has is jahala jahala and jahala is um, which is gambling they are not haram I'm a jahala which is not knowing is not haram in and within itself it's haram but not in and within itself it's haram because of that which is going to lead to it's going to lead to al-adawata wal-baghda it's going to lead to animosity and hate it's going to lead to that but if the same thing changes from and becomes the insurance, which is gambling, it can be made permissible in the hajah if the person is has a need for it. Whether it's not going to lead to that bad path in which it was going to lead to, it's going to lead to something good, which is any going to the masjid, um, taking care of your children, your family, it becomes permissible. I hope, inshallah ta'ala, that is. Uh, answers many people's questions on this issue and in this religion Allah Ta'ala he explained everything for us يعني anything we need is already explained for us وَقَدْ فَصَّلَ لَكُمْ مَا حَرَّمَ عَلَيْكُمْ إِلَّا مَضْضُرِرْتُمْ إِلَيْهِ Allah Ta'ala he explained to us everything that we need to know Subhanahu wa ta'ala now the author goes into something very important which is وَكُلُّ مَحْضُورٍ وَكُلُّ مَحْضُورٍ مَعَ الضَّرُورَةِ بِقَدْرِ مَا تَحْتَاجُهُ الضَّرُورَةِ the author رحمه الله goes into something known as Anything that was made permissible has to be done in accordance to the need that it was made permissible for. Some, a, a woman had to go to the hospital and she had to go to a doctor. She had to go to a doctor. 
And the doctor, he has to do surgery on her. Or she's, a, she's, she's going through an illness. She's sick. And her illness is very severe. And there's a male doctor that has to see her aura. Okay? So it's permissible for him to see her. Let's say he has to see her face in order to do the surgery. Okay? Or it's something on her face that he has to touch or he has to do or he has to see. Is not allowed for her to show her other parts of her body. So she can't take off her entire clothes off because she wants the doctor to deal with her face. No. He can only see what the need is. This. That's what the author is talking about. Every mahadur is with the darura. It's in line with the need of the darura. يعني الضرورة تقدر بقدرها that the ضرورة is in line it has to be in accordance to the need that's it he needs to see her face he can't see her legs he needs to see her legs he can't see her face يعني that's that's what it is ولذلك دي آية إن القرآن سيزا فمن الضر غير باغ ولا عاد ها the ayah says, anyone who is given necessity, there are two things he has to stay away from. What does baghi mean? What is al-baghi and al-udwan? It means, um, or the word al-udwan means it's to go over the overboard in what? In the amount. You go overboard in the amount. And so if anybody does it with al-udwan, what happens? They are athim. Because the ayah says, فَمَنِ الضُّرَّ غَيْرَ بَاغٍ فَمَنِ الضُّرَّ غَيْرَ بَاغٍ وَلَا عَادٍ فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ فَلَا إِثْمَ عَلَيْهِ means if the person does the necessity without going overboard, there's no sin upon him. Mafumul Mukhalafa is what? The opposite understanding is what? The opposite is understanding is if he does the necessity beyond and above the requirement, he's a sinner. There's sin upon him. There is what? Uh, sin upon him. Well, the scholars also say, um, which is another important thing, which is someone who traveled. From his city. He travels from his city. But his intent is to go to a, a country to meet uh, prostitution, for example. Mithal. Okay. This safar is safar ma'asiyah. Safaru ma'asiyah. This person is going to travel and it's going to be a sin. The traveling is a sin. This person in the middle of the desert, he feels hungry, he's about to die. It's a life and death situation. Is he allowed to take this rukhsa? Yeah? Is he allowed to take this rukhsa? The scholars dispute one another. If he takes the rukhsa, it's going to strengthen him for the ma'asiyah, the sin that he's going to go carry on doing. Okay? And some scholars, they say that his life is still sacred. 
and etc. And that's what the ayah means. The word غير باغين it means أن الرخ صلاة ناطو بالمعاصي. So the person cannot, for example, break his fasting. He can't combine between the prayers and etc. etc. He can't take the rukhas that the Sharia gave him. Then the author Rahimullah said, وَتَرْجِعُ الْأَحْكَامُ لِلْيَقِينِ فَلَا يُزِيلُ الشَّكَّ لِلْيَقِينِ The ahkam of the religion go back to certainty. The issue goes back to certainty. It's important we understand this. وَتَرْجِعُ الْأَحْكَامُ لِلْيَقِينِ يعني Issues are built upon certainty. If someone doubts something, he goes back to the certainty that he knows. A man comes and he says, I... Wallahi, I don't know whether I divorced my wife or not. I'm, I'm doubtful. We say to him, are you sure that you were married to your wife? Yes. You have witnesses that you married her? Yes. Uh, uh, people, two witnesses were there? Yes. The willy gave you the girl? Yes. He, that certainty of you being married to her will not be removed with this doubt that you're bringing forward. It won't be. So the religion, the ahkam, is based upon certainty. It's not based upon what? It's not based upon... Doubt and speculation. فَلَا يُزِيلُ الشَّكُّ لِلْيَقِينِ You can't remove doubt with certainty. You can't. وَلِذَلِكَ The Prophet ﷺ said to the companion uh, regarding when he's in the salah and he's praying. The Prophet ﷺ, he said لَا يَنْصَرِفُ حَتَّى يَجِدَ رِيحًا أَوْ يَسْمَعَ صَوْتًا لَا يَنْصَرِفُ حَتَّى يَجِدَ رِيحًا أَوْ يَسْمَعَ صَوْتًا The Prophet ﷺ, he said he should not leave the prayer until he hears a noise or he smells it and it's certainty but other than that if he thinks something's coming out but he can't hear it he can't smell it certainty the qaida is the certainty cannot be removed with what with doubt and it's under this where under this concept which is uh, the concept of um where the ulama bring the qawaid related to al-istishab biqa ma kana ala ma kan that everything there's a certainty in it if th- that certainty can't be removed without for example al-aslu fil alfaali annaha mubaha the asl that every action is permissible for me to do other than that which the sharia prohibited the certainty is permissibility anything you bring has to be able has to be something strong to remove that certainty and inshallah ta'ala the author is going to mention some istishabat bi ibnilah al-kareem is going to talk, talk about it. He's going to speak about it. Then this qaida is one of the qawaid al-khamsat al-kubra. It's from the five uh, major uh, qawaid in our religion. <coughs> Very good. The author, rahimahullah, when he said here, وَتَرِجِعُ الْأَحْكَامُ لِلْيَقِينِ The religion goes back to certainty. He doesn't mean that we dismiss what is also known as Dhanul um, Ghalib. Dhanul Ghalib, which is high speculation. High speculation. It's not certainty, but it's high speculation. The author, Rahimullah, here is not saying don't uh, build the religion. The religion is not built upon Dhanul Ghalib, because it is built upon Dhanul Ghalib. High speculation as well. The evidence for that is. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, he said, فَإِن طَلَّقَهَا فَلَا تَحِلُّ لَهُ مِنْ بَعْدِ أَنْ حَتَّى تَنْكِحَ زَوْجًا غَيْرَهُ فَإِن طَلَّقَهَا فَلَا جُنَاحَ عَلَيْهِ أَنْ يَتَرَاجَعَ إِنْ ظَنَّا أَنْ لَا يُقِيمَ حُدُودَ اللَّهِ إِنْ ظَنَّا أَنْ يُقِيمَ حُدُودَ اللَّهِ Sorry. 
Allah tabarak wa ta'ala he said in the beginning of the ayah fa in talaqaha fala tahillu lahu min ba'di hatta tankiha zawjan ghayra if a man divorces his wife and the idda finish uh, the, the, the, the talaq finishes she has to go and get married to another man she has to wanting willingly and wanting to go to get married she has to get married to another man okay fa in talaqaha if then that man divorces her fala junaha alayhima there is no harm between the two wives and the husband and yet for them to both come back together. If they believe or they have high speculation that they're both going to fulfill the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, they're going to be upright in their religion when they come together. Also, the Prophet sallam, he said, The Prophet sallam, he said, I don't think so and so and so and so know anything related to our religion. The Prophet used the word, لا أظن, I don't think. And the van here the Prophet is referring to is High speculation the Prophet is referring to. Then, the majority of the scholars, they believe that the high speculation is used in the religion. And we use that as a hukum. Um, and also the Zahiriya, they have their opinion which is uh, and etc. And I'm going to stop there inshallah ta'ala. I'm going to take your questions Anything which I have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me as shaytan and Allah and his messenger are both free from it. Subhanakallahumma bihamdi ashadu la ilaha illallah astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayh. Ayah, any questions? Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. May Allah bless you and preserve you and reward you immensely. Allahumma ameen. All of us inshallah ta'ala. I would like to know your advice on home insurance. If you fear that the loss or the damage to their property would inflict a great level of difficulty getting their repairs done, for example, damage through flooding or hell damage, etc. Uh, again, I personally think those issues, it will be nice uh, to, take it, to take it back to the mashayikh, inshallah ta'ala. Like, it will be nice. They, they, they will look into it more deeply, inshallah ta'ala, and give a better answer for it. Like Sheikh Aziz Farhan, for example, is worthy for you to go back to and ask that question to, inshallah ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum, Ustad. Please report, repeat the example, the type of conditions. Um, please repeat and explain the types of conditions. Can you, can you expand on your question, inshallah ta'ala? What is the ruling of not getting married at all if there is no one whose religion... And character the person is content with. Um, <coughs> what is the ruling of not getting married? The asal of not getting married is without any other thing following it is permissible. If a person doesn't want to get married, it's a choice that they can make. They're allowed to get n- choose not to get married. And the Sharia doesn't prohibit the person. From choosing not to get married Like the woman Whose father forced her um, Was forcing her to get married And she said Ya Rasulullah My father is forcing me to get married And uh, the Prophet Sallallahu He said to the father Don't force them Or don't marry them off Without their permission yani Don't force the girls To get married uh, To someone They don't want the woman that she said, Ya Rasulullah, can you inform me about the rights of my husband and the rights of the husband and the wife? I want to know. 
And the Prophet وسلم, he told her. And then in the presence of the Prophet وسلم, the woman said, uh, if that's the case, I will never get married. And the Prophet did not rebuke her والسلام, He did not rebuke her. And didn't say, what did you say? You're not going to get married. No, you have to get married. He didn't say that. The prohibition of not getting married is when the person does it taqarruban ilallah. Someone says, I'm not going to get married because I want to get closer to Allah by being a person who doesn't get married. This becomes an innovation. And the Prophet ﷺ, he spoke against a companion who came, to his house, uh, who came to his house and asked about the Prophet's ibadah, the three companions. And one of them, he said, I'm never going to get married. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, I get married to women. Um, and then at the ending of the hadith, the Prophet said, فَمَنْ رَغِبَ عَنْ سُنَّتِي فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي The marriage is something that a person should try to do because it's from the uh, things Allah Taala uh, encouraged in the Quran. وَأَنْكِحُ الْأَيَامَ مِنْكُمْ وَصَالِحُنَ مِنْ عِبَادِكُمْ وَإِمَائِكُمْ Allah Taala He says, وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلَ رُسُلًا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ وَجَعَلْنَا لَهُمْ أَزْوَاجًا وَذُرِّيَّةً Allah made for prophets and righteous people Allah made for them subhanahu wa ta'ala wives and spouses and progeny. Also the Prophet sallallahu said in a hadith تَزَوَّجُ الْوَلُودَ الْوَدُودَ فَإِنِّي مُكَاثِرٌ بِكُمُ الْأُمَمَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Marry the woman who loves to beautify herself to her husband. She loves to do that. تَزَوَّجُ الْوَدُودَ يعني وَدُودَ means she loves to make her husband love her. She works towards pleasing him. Marry that type of woman. Al-Waluda, the woman, woman who loves to have children, a lot of children, she loves to have it. فَإِنِّي مُكَاثِرٌ بِكُمُ الْأُمَمَ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ The Prophet said, وسلم, for verily I will say that this is my ummah, the day of judgment. Yani the Prophet will be pleased, يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ when he sees the number of his ummah, So you're increasing in the ummah of Nabiullah Muhammad. So it's a person should try. As for saying, and the person wants to leave of not getting married because there's not a person of religion and character. Uh, I say maybe the person hasn't looked in the right direction or hasn't looked uh, through the right ways. Because we can't say that uh, the khair is not in the ummah. The Prophet wasallam he said in a hadith, anyone who says, the Prophet said, nasu, the people are all destroyed. You're the, that person is the most destroyed person. If you say that the ummah, there's no khair in the ummah, khair is not present in the ummah, then um, you're the most destroyed person. So I know the person who's asking the question is not saying that, but what I mean from the hadith and what I try to, I'm trying to get from the hadith is the khair is always present in the ummah. And they are ahlul fadli, there are people of virtue and nobility. So the sister should go about it the right way, inshallah ta'ala. Maybe get, in, get her family members like her brothers or her, sister, uh, her brothers or her uncle or her father to go and contact the right people. And yani, the father prays in the masjid, so he's most likely going to come in contact with the good people. The brothers are going to, of, of course, see a good boy for their sister. Uh, of course, it's going to be hard for the sister to go out there herself and get it. But inshallah ta'ala, her brothers can take that responsibility uh, for her. 
Ustad, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Ustad, during Salat al Fajr, does one need to bring back the two rak'ah sunnah after fard if the person reaches the masjid and joins the jama'ah directly? It is permissible for the person to bring back the sunnah after they've prayed the jama'ah. They are allowed to do it. But it's something that you should avoid doing it all the time. You should avoid doing it all the time. But if it happens in some occasions where you miss the sunnah uh, al-fajri, uh, you miss the sunnah of fajr, you're allowed to, insha'Allah ta'ala, bring it back after the salatul uh, fajr. But don't make this a, a, a thing that you do all the time. Uh, is certainty removed by high speculations? Yes. High speculations can be used in the ahkam. The high speculation can be used. If there's a dhannul ghalib in some situations, it's done. The masalih are three. The first one is masalih which are daruriyat and al-hajiyat and al-kamaliyat. Some call it, some call it tahsiniyat. Ah, tahsiniyat if you want it. Ah, the two types that you mentioned of conditions. I said shartul siha and shartul wujub. Shartul wujub means this action you can't do this action without coming with this condition. And if you do this action without the condition for it, then this action is null and void. Because you didn't come with this condition. Like a tahara for salah. Or dukhulul wakti for fasting. Dukhulul wakt for fasting is a condition. There's also shartu wujub. Shartu siha. No, no, shartu wujub is, uh, sorry, I mixed up. Shartu siha is tahara and dukhul al-waqti lis-siyam. That's called shartu siha. Yani this ibadah is not sahih, it's null and void. It's null and void. If you don't come with this condition. That's called shartu siha. Shartu wujub it means you can do the action, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't a must on you in the first place. You didn't have to do it. MashaAllah, you went out of your way and you did it. It's what? Shartu al-wujub Like the ability for hajj The ability for hajj is shartu wujub It's not shartu siha And if a person goes and does it Without having the ability There's still hajj is correct The hajj is still uh, correct uh, May Allah preserve you and honor you in this world and hereafter. Is there any fiqh book written by an Imam Abu Hanifa or his students? As I came across few mistakes in the Hanafi fiqh in few classes I attended, like reading there is no need of wali for marriage and etc. How can we make it clear to those who are allowing a particular madhab blindly that they are doing doing is wrong or there's something better to be done by strongest opinion from other Madhab scholars, I'm sorry if I couldn't articulate my question properly. No, mashallah, you articulated your question very well. Awalan Allah tabarak wa ta'ala commanded us in the Quran to follow the Quran. Allah says, وَاتَّبِعُوا مَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكُمْ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا مِنْ دُونِهِ أَوْلِيَاءَ قَلِيلًا مَا تَذَكَّرُونَ We were instructed to follow the Quran. We were instructed to follow the Sunnah. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, he said, وَأَطِعُوا اللَّهُ وَأَطِعُوا الرَّسُولَ Allah also says Allah also says 
Allah also says, إِنَّمَا كَانَ قَوْلَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذَا دُعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ يَحْكُمَ بَيْنَهُمْ أَنْ يَقُولُ سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا Allah also says, وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam all of those evidence that I mentioned, they talk about the importance of following Allah and His Messenger. They are the two that we have to follow to the fullest. The thing we have to understand is that the ulama, they are different from the prophets. The ulama are not ma'sumin. The ulama are not ma'asumin means the ulama are not infallible. Yukhti'una wa yusibun. Yukhti'una wa yusibun. They can get it right and they can get it wrong. If they get it wrong, we, are, we, we, we, we go around their verdict and we say Allah and His Messenger we take. And if they get it right, we take it from them. All the Imams, Shafi'i, Malik, Ahmed, all of them, they stated. If the hadith is sahih, this is my madhab. If the hadith is sahih, this is my madhab. Al-Subqiyyul-Kabir has a kitab where he brought and he brought the places where Al-Imam Al-Nawi, for example, opposes the madhab of Al-Imam Al-Shafi'i. Like for example, the issue of Aklu Lahm Al-Jazur. Al-Imam al-Shafi'i <coughs> He connected it to the authenticity of the hadith Al-Imam al-Shafi'i He said if the hadith is sahih Aqulu bihi Nawawi came He took the issue And he broke it down And he said that the hadith is sahih And wallah if Shafi'i was alive He would have taken the hadith And he proved the authenticity of the hadith And then he says This is what I say Okay, and the great scholars of Islam, all of them, they mention that if the Quran and the Sunnah are clear to you, you're not allowed to follow anyone after that. And Imam Shafi'i transmitted ijma' as Ibn Al-Qayyim brings it in his kitab Ilam Al-Muqqi'in. He said, "Ajma' al-Muslimun ala anna man istabanat lahu Sunnah al Rasulillah sallallahu alaihi wasallam lam yakun lahu an yadha li qawli ahad min al-nas kainan man kana." The Ummah are unanimously in agreement, and by, by ijma' that if the evidence is clearly reaches you. You're not allowed to leave it for the statement of Fulan or Alan. Abu Hanifa would not have loved to see a group of people who take his views over the Quran and the Sunnah. He wouldn't have liked, liked that. No, he wouldn't have liked that. Wala Malik, Wala Shafi'i, Wala Ahmed. And there are many examples where they said something and they were corrected and they came back from it. Many situations where they gave a verdict and they were told what they were and they left it. And the fact that Al-Imam Al-Shafi'i had Madhab Al-Qadim and then he moved to a Madhab Al-Jadid That's not very far from us. We all know that, right? Why did he change his Madhab for? The reason why he changed his Madhab is because there is evidences that reached him that never reached him before. With that being said, like it, there's another extreme, brothers and sisters. There's another extreme on the other side, which is a group of people who believe Al-Jumud uh, sorry, I believe uh, in the an infilat al ijtihadi. They believe in the concept of yani, let's, uh, let's all do ijtihad. Hum rijalun wa nahnu rijal. Malik was a human being, I'm a human being. He's a man, I'm a man. Why do I have to blind follow him? We say 
أجد علماء الهسي يعني أصبت في المقدمة وأخطأت أصبت في الأولى وأخطأت في الثاني أصبت في الأولى وأخطأت في الثاني يعني you got it right when you said they are men you're right they are men and I am a man that one inshallah you have to prove it to us we don't know if you're a man <laughs> the scholars they say that in other words what I mean by that is that يعني we should also have wara and concern that we're not like these great imams we're not like them in no way shape or form are we like Al-Imam Abu Hanifa Al-Imam Malik Al-Imam Shafi'i and Ahmed let's be honest we're not like them rather Al-Imam Ahmed for example was asked Al-Imam Ahmed they said can a person give a fatwa if he's only memorized a hundred thousand ahadiths a hundred thousand ahadiths he's memorized it can he give fatwa and Imam Ahmed was asked by the way when Ahmed was asked a hundred thousand hadiths he's refer- they're referring to with the chain of narration because it's not like and it's not like that it's the chain Malik, uh, sorry, Ahmed was asked a person memorized a hundred thousand ahadiths. Can he give fatwa? And Imam Ahmed said, La, he can't. They said, What about two hundred thousand? He said, No, he can't. What about three hundred thousand ahadiths? He said, La, he can't. They said, What about four hundred thousand ahadiths he memorized? Ahmed then said, Rubbama, maybe possible. 400,000 maybe. Maybe he can give fatwa. And for us, anyone who memorizes Arba'un al-Nawawiyya and then adds Bulu al-Maram to it, Allahu Akbar, Imamul Muttaqeen. He's a mujtahid mutlaq. He's an unrestricted mujtahid who can do independent reasoning. That's These men were, were, were, were men, were men haqiqatan. They were ulama, jahabida. And very hard. Very, very hard to just dismiss these great scholars of Islam. That said, don't go to the both extremes that are present. Don't go both extremes. Ta'assubil madhabi. Those who are carrying the banner like that, tamadhub, tamadhub, and harsh in this issue. And don't go to this infilatil ijtihadi. Those people are also, also pushing every single person to go out there and give ijtihad and you know, do independent reasoning. The, the, the truth is in the middle. The truth is what? Uh, is in the is in the middle. Coming back to the issue of Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah, the verdict that he gave regarding a woman marrying herself off without the permission of her guardian, he and Imam al Shabi held that opinion. Him and Imam al Shabi held that opinion, and that goes it goes against the nusus al sarihatun sahiha. It goes against the clear cut evidences. From the evidences that it goes against is the hadith of the Prophet where he said, "Ayyuman ra'atin nakahat." بغير إذن وليها فنكاحها باطل فنكاحها باطل فنكاحها باطل the Prophet said three times أيما امرأة any woman نكحت who marries herself بغير إذن وليها without the permission of her wali فنكاحها باطل فنكاحها باطل فنكاحها باطل three times so that's الصريح صحيح it's clear and it's what now we're in a situation where we have an Imam Abu Hanifa saying something we have Allah Azza wa Jalla and His Messenger saying something. We take Allah and His Messenger. 
and we, we, we honor those great Imams. We love an Imam Abu Hanifa. We love him excessively. We know we're not like him. We're not equal to him. We know that he loved the Quran and the Sunnah himself. We know an Imam Shabi who loved the Quran and the Sunnah himself. But we also believe he's rewarded for his verdict. Because of the Prophet's statement, which is that he said, the Prophet said that if scholar, he does ijtihad, he gets it right, he gets two reward. If he does ijtihad, he gets it wrong, he only gets one reward. And Imam Abu Hanifa, he is either between two rewards or one reward. In this situation, we say he leaves with one reward. He's got a reward. No one has the right to insult him and rebuke him because he's got a reward. And Allah Taala knows best. Um, uh, uh, the daruriyat I said are three types. The first one is daruriyat masalih, uh, which are daruriyah, and there's a masalih which is hajiyah, and there's also a masalih called tahsiniyah. Those are the three types. Or takmiliyah, the scholars they call it takmiliyah as well, or tahsiniyah. I'm going to leave there, inshallah Taala. Uh, I also wanted to apologize for coming late today. Also, I really wanted to apologize. I really apologize. I'm sorry. And inshallah ta'ala, in further inshallah ta'ala classes, I hope it doesn't happen. May Allah honor you all and bless you and bestow his never-ending mercy onto you. If I've offended anyone or said anything that was uh, disrespectful or wrong, forgive me inshallah ta'ala. May Allah honor you. Barakallahu feekum wa jazakumullahu khairah.